0: things um, that um, we could all join together and pray more for, but also to come alongside you in praising the Lord for the things that he's done in your life. And so we'd love to, to hear from you uh, in all of those, um, uh, for all of those reasons. So those are the connect cards. Um, we also have a VBS volunteer meeting uh, this coming Sunday, May 2nd, so it's a week from today after service. So anyone who is interested in volunteering for this year's VBS, make sure that you stick around after service. And uh, if you have any questions, you can see Darcy Fraser. Uh, we also have a men's prayer breakfast coming up this Saturday. It's at 7 a.m. It'll be here, so we'll uh, enjoy a time of food, fellowship, uh, a devotion, and prayer. Uh, And uh, we do that every month. Uh, It's something that we as a church um, hold to uh, as uh, critical uh, to the uh, work that the Lord's doing here. Uh, It's a time of uh, gathering together, of course, uh, stirring each other up, um, encouraging one another. Uh, But as we do that, we also gather together together. To pray, to seek the Lord, to intercede on behalf of others, uh, to pray for the various ministries um, that are going on here at Refuge, and uh, and for couples, for marriages, for individuals, and work, and our country, and so many other things. And so, I would encourage you to make time, set that time aside, men, and uh, and be here this coming Saturday or Saturday. Uh, and, uh, and that's at 7 a.m. We also have a Foundations class today after service at 11, a, 11 a.m. and that's held at the Youth Building. Uh, so for those of you who have been participating in the Foundations class, um, hopefully you know where it's at by now, and, uh, and you're there at 11, so that's number three of three, and so today we'll complete um, your Foundations classes. Uh, one other thing, and that is, I know it flashed up here on, on the screen, Uh, And that is uh, ways in which you can uh, give um, to the church, your tithes and offerings, and there it is up on the screen. Um, So for me, it's been really simple. Um, For me, I've opted to just give online as far as through texting. So as soon as um, I get my paycheck, um, I I do work for Kaiser, I immediately go on to my phone and text 84321, which now it's saved on my phone. And I just do the amount, and I don't have to worry about it anymore and uh, worry about forgetting because we have a tendency to do that, don't we? So that's really easy for me. It's been very practical. It's been efficient for me, effective, and, uh, and so that's what I do. But there's other ways. There's also online at, at our uh, website, refugefellowship.org. Um, or, of course, you can bring um, the, you know those ancient things, a piece of paper, you write on it, and then it's called a check. Uh, you can do that too. And I know um, some people, uh, some of you, like to, to write out checks. You can. Uh, we don't pass around the offering bag, but we do have a wooden box at the very back of the sanctuary, and you can always drop off um, your your tithes and offerings there. All right. So all of the tithes and offerings. Um, this is something that I haven't mentioned in quite some time, and that is. Uh, for if, if you um, we're transparent here, so in other words, uh, if there's any concern as to where it is that we're spending uh, the monies that come in, you're more than welcome to sit down uh, with those who have access to our financial records and we can show you exactly what our budget is. Uh, so we are transparent. I, I, I don't know of many churches that actually would be willing to do that, but we're we're willing to do that if you have some kind of valid reason as to or concern as to where it is that um, your your ties and offerings are going. Um, so we've always had a budget from the very beginning. Um, we're very meticulous with our with our budget, and uh, we're we're always uh, looking for ways in which we can use that as good stewards to further the kingdom of God and uh, fulfill um, the great commission that he's given to us. Um, <clears throat> so again, that's uh ways in which you could give. I know some people are watching online and then, um, uh, many of you are here live. All right. So this morning we are in Romans chapter five, Romans chapter five. You want to eat Tom? Is that, uh, we'll pray for Tom's food. Oh, <laughs> what? Did I not mention the men's prayer breakfast? Where was Tom? (laughs) Tom. Somebody. (laughs) So this coming Saturday, we have a men's prayer breakfast. (laughs) 7 (laughs) a.m. Okay. Uh, Tom, the title of this morning's message is Peace and Hope through Christ. (laughs) Peace and hope through Christ is the title of this morning's message. Again, we're going through Romans chapter 5. We'll be tackling the first five verses of this chapter, the first five verses. And um, I thought it was really important for us to kind of take our time through these five verses because peace and hope is something that's elusive today. It's something that is, is really, you know, people are reaching for hope. They're reaching for peace. And yet it seems to always escape the world. Uh, Peace throughout the world. How many times have you heard that from a stage? That's what we're seeking, peace. Hope also. What are we placing our hope in? And so I want to make it abundantly clear that this is extremely important and vital for us as Christians, as God's people, as followers of Jesus Christ to be well grounded in and know this personally. So peace and hope through Christ Uh, Let's read, though, these verses that we're covering this morning. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that... But we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Oh, Father, we thank you, Lord, for these words are a reminder, Lord, that our hope is certain. Lord, that even in our sufferings, Lord, you're working out in us something that far exceeds, Lord, what we have before us. And what seems to be sometimes overwhelming, Lord, you are working in and through that. Something in our lives that not only gives you glory, but also strengthens us in our hope. It uh, gives us a, a deep passion. Because of the love that we are reminded of, even through those trials and tribulations, through our pain and suffering, Lord, you are even seen more clearly than ever before. If we keep our eyes fixed on you as we stand on your promises and know that you are faithful and true and your promises are yes and amen. And so, Father, we commit our time of study into your hands, Lord. I ask that you would minister to each and every one of us here, that your spirit would uh, teach us all things, Lord, lead us in all truth. And, Lord, um, help us to apply these truths to our lives to bring you glory and, uh, and blessing. And so, Father, we commit this time into your hands, Lord, and we pray this all in Jesus' name and all of God's people said, Amen. Martin Luther said, quote, in the whole Bible, there is hardly another chapter which can equal this triumphant text, close quote. You know, we can't take that lightly where Martin Luther has said that this very chapter, which we're going to tackle the first five verses of, is, is vital, is extremely important for us. As I stated from the very beginning, we need to understand what is this peace and hope that God offers through Jesus Christ that we have come to possess as followers of Jesus Christ? Because the more you lean into Christ and realize he is trustworthy of your salvation and life in his grace through faith, the more you realize your possession of peace and hope in Christ and will rejoice in the hope of his glory. And you will rejoice in your sufferings even because if endured, they will always they will always reveal a hope that never lets us down. The only failure in those times is is us, is our expression of faith. But he never moves. He is always faithful. He is trustworthy, and that's why he is praiseworthy. As we look around at this dark world, we still see people groping for peace and hope. They're still looking for trying to find something in which they will never find it peace and hope will never be found in this world system never ecclesiastes 12:8 says vanity of vanities says the preacher all is vanity it's it's a profound statement this comes from someone who has done everything under the sun if you think you've done a few things you should read up on solomon this man, there's nothing that was out of his reach as far as this world was concerned. And yet he's the one that came to this conclusion and said, this is all vanity. It's all empty. It's vain. It's, it has nothing to offer. It has no substance whatsoever. The conclusion of the matter is, fear God and obey his commandments. John sixteen thirty three, Jesus said, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And the Bible describes a peace that is found only in God through faith in Jesus Christ. Again, in this world, you won't find peace, you won't find hope. That can only be found through Jesus Christ. A peace that surpasses all understanding and a peace that stands guard over your heart and mind. Did you know that? That you can possess a peace that stands guard? And this is a a guard that, that is impenetrable. Jesus Christ stands guard over your heart and mind as you come to know and trust in Him. It's a peace that surpasses all understanding when you believe that what your circumstances are communicating to you is that it's overwhelming and it's too much, it goes beyond understanding that I could ever have a peace at this moment. Through Christ, we can know that peace. In the midst of difficulties, trials, tribulations, sufferings, pain. Because it's a peace that is rooted in an eternal hope that is unwavering, certain, and will never, ever let you down. This is the peace and hope I pray is further established in our own lives this morning. As we study, as we take a look at these five verses. This is the peace and hope that Paul is making abundantly clear is worth rejoicing in. This is what I hope that we come to understand, that even through the sufferings, even through pain, even through tribulations, trials, that we're not learning to rejoice over the actual sufferings, the trials, but we're rejoicing in something that transcends those trials, that suffering. Because it's worth rejoicing in because it reflects the reality of a peace and hope that we possess in Jesus Christ and the peace and hope that helps us through our sufferings and serves to produce greater hope and it is expressed with a joy and delight in the love of God through Jesus Christ rejoice in hope rejoice in sufferings that's what I hope we learn this morning again starting in verse 1 rejoice in hope Verse 1 says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Several things that we have by faith in Christ. You ready? Number one, we've gone through this, but justification The righteousness of Jesus has been imputed to us, and we learned this again last week. Secondly, by faith in Christ, we have peace with God. We need to understand why it is and what kind of peace we're speaking of. And thirdly, by faith in Christ, we have obtained access to God. Three things. And because of that, we can therefore rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We know that we are justified by faith in Jesus Christ as we believe and know that God has paid for the penalty of our sins by sending his son to die on the cross on our behalf. And he's credited to us. He's imputed to us the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Where we were guilty of our sin at one point. We are now guiltless in Jesus Christ. It was through Christ that we have been relieved. We have now come to find liberty in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, free from condemnation. Because of our justification in Christ, we have a peace with God. Now, God's justice has been satisfied. Uh, His propitiation, it's the satisfaction of God's wrath on our sin, God's justice has been satisfied by pouring out his wrath upon Jesus Christ on our behalf. And so he is the sacrificial atonement in our place to pay for our sins, past, present, and future in the fullness of them. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. You know, justification, again, it's just a continuation from what we learned last week, but also what we need to um, really understand is the peace that we're referring to. This is a peace with God. Did you know that at one point, did you recognize, did you know this, that at one point you were an enemy of God? You, th- you think back, you, no, I was never an enemy of God. I-, I never rejected him straight out. And yet we did. As we remained in our sins, we were opposed to God. In Romans 5.8, it says, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. As we were friends with the world, we were at enmity or at odds with God. We were opposed to him, as it says in James 4.4. Listen, God is, he is love, but he's also just. And because God is just, he is a righteous judge. He cannot overlook sin. He, he cannot. Um, he is faithful. He cannot deny himself. Uh, he, He is a loving God. He's a compassionate God. He's patient with us. But he's also just. And so this is why he could not overlook our sins. And he dealt with them, though. Head on, he dealt with the issue of sin by sending his son to die on the cross on our behalf. Because God has paid the full price of our sin through Jesus Christ on the cross, we no longer, and and here's something that we need to understand, we no longer need to be concerned over the wrath of God. That's something for us. We are no longer condemned. We stand as righteous before the Father. Beyond comprehension, but that's the reality of the believer. We are covered by the righteousness of Christ. And as God sees us, he sees his righteousness, not our sin. And because we no longer have to be concerned over the wrath of God, we have peace with him. Uh, In Ephesians chapter 2, if you would turn with me there. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13. And might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Breaking down the wall of hostility. When you came to Christ, did you sense that removal of hostility between you and the Lord? I, I remember that that's perhaps one of the things that I experienced, and and I didn't fully understand. I I didn't grasp exactly what was going on. I just knew that I was forgiven of my sins, and I was ecstatic. I was so overjoyed that the Lord, the Lord's grace was poured out upon me, that I experienced a forgiveness of my sins. But here's the thing: is that I didn't realize that I was actually an enemy of God. And unless you read through the word and, and you study it, you, you wouldn't know this. You would think that you were perhaps okay before, but now you're even better. No, no, no. You were, you were dead before in your trespasses. You were enemies of God before. You were opposed to him. You were not with him. For, for the word tells us you're either for me or against me. There was no in between. And, and so as, that's why as we study, as we go through the word of God, we begin to realize these things that, yes, I was an enemy of God at one point. There was hostility between us. And because of his grace, and because I have come to trust and believe in Jesus Christ, a substitutional atonement for my sins that broke down the wall of hostility between me and the Father, that I can have this peace. A peace that can never be known any other way. And it deepens my love for the one who perfectly loved me first. That's why it's important to go through the word and study. Because as you do that, you realize some things that are true. And yet you had never known. Just to the, 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 just the very depths of God's love toward you. That is absolutely beautiful. If you don't know this peace then perhaps it's because you haven't put your faith in Jesus Christ. You haven't fully surrendered yourself to his sacrifice on your behalf. If you still have that warring within you, you have not fully surrendered to Jesus Christ. There's no way. If the hostility of God's wrath is no longer present, and you know peace with him, then listen to this. Here's here's what happens with all other hostilities in your life. They can be dealt with with great certainty, knowing that God is with you and with him all things are possible. You you have other things that are happening in your life and, and you think if God has dealt with this hostility between him and me and all things are possible in him, in and by Him, that He is able, then surely we can handle anything that comes our way. These are wonderful truths. These are, this is God's Word. This is what we can trust in and stand on. Well, with this, we also have access to God. through him, in verse 2, through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. In which we stand. Present. Present tense. By faith in Christ, we not only have peace with God, but we also have obtained access to God. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We, this is who we have access to. Remember, he has torn down the wall of hostility. He has given us access into the Holy of Holies, into the very presence of God. And yet what we fail to do is enter into his presence. Access to the creator of the universe. You see, this goes way beyond just having peace with God. But we also have been given access to God. Do you understand what that means? We, you, personally, have access to God. So when other people ask you, Hey, can you pray for me? Just pray for them. Because they haven't understood this. They haven't gotten to the place to where perhaps they place their faith in Jesus Christ themselves. Pray that they come to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ And then pray for them that they would realize that God wants fellowship with them. He wants to commune with with each and every person. Because this is access to God by faith in Jesus Christ. We don't need others to access God for us. A person who has placed their trust in Jesus Christ has access themselves to the very throne room of God. Just if you can think about, because we don't realize this, we don't know this as Americans, a monarchy, let alone a theocracy. That's why for us, we need to like read the word over and over, pray and seek the Lord, that he would help us understand what this means. To come into the very presence of the king. And the more you know about God, the more humbling it is. It's absolutely humbling. That he would not strike us down dead. But that he would welcome us into his very presence. And even more than this, it's the very reason why he put in motion the plan of redemption. this creator of the universe, this king of kings, lord of lords, put in motion a plan by which you can be restored to him so that he can have fellowship with you. Do you understand the depths of God's love? Our free access to him is absolutely humbling. And yet we don't take advantage of it. It's like a father that has a son that takes him for granted and the father wants to give the son everything. But the only thing that the son has to do is honor the father, believe in him, and come to him. Psalm 46, 1. says, God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. It's this grace that we stand in And that's what we read in this verse. It's a grace in which we presently stand in. And what this word tells us also is, it's a grace in which we will always stand in. Now and forever. It's permanent. It's a status that will never change. Because by faith in Christ, we have peace with God and access to God Because of that, we can and should be compelled to rejoice. We can rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We are certain of our hope. We are victorious in his peace. So rejoice in hope. Secondly, rejoice in sufferings. Verse three, as we continue, says not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Rejoice in sufferings. <clears throat> Seems odd, right? Who, who has... Re- anyone here rejoice in your sufferings <laughs> that's that's a tough one listen <clears throat> this is what it's not it's not that you're happy happy about your sufferings okay for for anyone who's ha- I'm, I'm so i'm so happy let me tell you about all my sufferings that that'd be odd that's not what this is saying you're not you're not happy about your sufferings but in spite of your suffering, in spite of your suffering, you can rejoice. Remember, I said that this is a, this is a type of peace and hope that transcends your situation. It goes well beyond. The question is, why would we we rejoice? Uh, uh, as far as uh, about what our suffering would bring, or how can we do that? Again, it's because we possess a hope that transcends our suffering. The suffering is not what you ought to be happy about, but about the certainty of your peace and standing before God, knowing victory in Christ and therefore having a hope that you can rejoice over no matter what sufferings you are experiencing James 1, 2 through 4 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Uh, Let me say that in another translation. Perhaps some of you have the New King James. My brethren. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. But there's a purpose to our trials. We're always praying, some, well, often we pray for each other, that God would deliver us from our trials, our sufferings, our pain from those things that concern us. And one of the things that we ought to pray for is that in those trials, in our suffering, in our pain, that we would nonetheless rejoice over the peace and hope that we have come to know in Jesus Christ. That we would bring Him glory in and through those times. The brother of Jesus knew this, and so did Peter, the apostle. First Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7 says, In this re- you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ there's so James knew Peter knew Paul knew the disciples the followers of Jesus Christ had come to the place where they knew that trials and suffering and pain and anguish and all of these things served a greater purpose, and the peace and hope that they had come to know in Jesus Christ transcended them all. It just it 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 was way beyond. That's why James could say, kind of all joy. That's why Peter could say, Hey, listen. In this, you rejoice, though now for a little while—it's it, just just for a little while. In the scope of eternity, it's just for a little while. But allow it to have its full effect. Sometimes we we waste our circumstances on ourselves. Did you know that we become—it's—it's it's all about. You know, life is about me, right? It's about me. It's centered all around me, you know? Let me share with you, you know, why it is, and I can tell you, right? No, the the Lord wants to do a work in your life. Listen, it's to bring Him glory, but did you know it's for your own benefit? It's for your own benefit. The stronger you are in the Lord, it's amazing how as you, as you trust more and more in him, as you learn to lean on him, cling to him, and then take your eyes off yourself and put them on him and then on others, how it is that you have uh, a greater strength to go through. You're able to endure these things, not passively, actively. Not passively, actively. Actively. Actively pursuing his glory and honor. And this will result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So the question is how do you successfully navigate through sufferings? Number one, I forgot. No, remember how easy it is for us to forget. You know, we were just talking about how, uh, just before service, about how easy it is to forget. And that's why we need reminders time and time again. Just keep coming Sundays. Keep coming Wednesdays. uh, Keep going to Bible study because it's interesting how just at the right time, we are reminded through God's Word and by someone else sharing with us God's Word that, uh, you know, some things that pertain or uh, impact or have some kind of influence on the things that we're going through in the moment. We need those reminders. So number one, remember. Remember what? You have peace with God and access to Him. So, if you remember that you have peace with God and access to Him, don't neglect to meet with Him through the reading of word and prayer. Don't do it. If you come to a point to where it's like, okay, so... How consistent am I with reading God's word and praying, just spending time with him? Sometimes we think, well, I don't have a list of things to go over with him. Well, that's okay. He just actually wants to hang out with you in our terms today. He wants to have fellowship with you. Because as you sit down with his word open, it's awesome how... And. At first, you may give them just a little bit. Like people don't understand how is it that that, uh, some people can like read for like an hour, hour and a half. Like that's that's like a like a fire hose with water coming through, it seems right. Like that's so much. Well, just start with the trickle from a garden hose. Just start with one verse. And then and then go to two go to three, and at some point, perhaps in one sitting, you can perhaps cover a whole chapter, you know? And listen, you know, in, in, in a way, we give more time to other things, other interests, like we were talking about TikTok before um, service. And uh, anyone on TikTok? you won't admit it. OK, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> anyway you can um i've heard (laughs) that on tiktok (laughs) you can start looking through videos and and other people have found themselves an hour later you know and still looking at like being entertained by videos, by other people. And quite honestly, it's, it, it's addicting. It, you can be on there and it's like, oh my goodness, that's funny. And then you start sharing, you start sending these videos off. And my brother and I do that. So we send just dumb videos back and forth. And we were able to laugh at them, right? So it's entertaining. We do other things. Um, we spend time with the things that we want to spend time with. That's also convicting. Because if you, if you can spend time doing things like that, whether it be face, uh, Facebook or Instagram or Snap or TikTok, and yet have difficulty reading just one chapter, which I'm telling you, we can read through this chapter, and if I read really slow, maybe a minute and a half to two minutes, And then just start going back through and looking through and just asking the Lord, the Holy Spirit is with you, and ask him to give you an understanding of God's word. He'll start to minister to you in ways that will absolutely blow your mind. And just speak with him, talk to him, ask him. He desires to have fellowship with you. That's why he's given you access to him. He's restored you, he's redeemed you. Remember that you have peace with God and access to him, so don't neglect to meet with him through the reading of his word and prayer. And make sure you surround yourself with other brothers and sisters who will encourage you in your faith. That's why we never ought to neglect the assembling of ourselves. Never. Why? Because this is vital, The moment you remove yourself from the fellowship of the saints and fail to allow others to keep you accountable and fail to come around in Bible study and just coming together corporately to worship and praise God it is like taking, you know, a a lump of coal that is just fire hot in the middle of all the rest and see what happens when you take it and put it off by itself. Our nature is, is that we cannot maintain heat. We just cannot. We just can't. So I want to encourage you to make sure that you surround yourself with your brothers and sisters in Christ. We love you. All we want to do is encourage you in your faith. And selflessly too. I would love it to be encouraged by you with your faith. Remember, through your suffering, be consistent in your fellowship with Jesus Christ and your fellowship with believers in church, and be consistent in your service to him. Number two, be steadfast, immovable in your faith. When you suffer, maintain your hope of the glory of God by standing firmly on the word of God, his promises. Again, keep your eyes when when I say keep your eyes fixed on Him. Keep your eyes fixed on His Word. That's how we know Him. Keep your eyes firmly fixed on Him. Do not move your eyes to the left or to the right. In fact, when you're going through this suffering, trial, tribulation, it's more imperative that you cling to Him, draw closer to Him, and keep your eyes fixed on the one upon whom you could stand firmly. Not distance yourself, but come closer. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Those who know him understand him and who he is and how faithful he is, and you can draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. As one actively endures suffering by consistently trusting in God and expressing a faith in the hope we have in him, this is what happens. Our endurance grows, and our character of faith is built. You see, godly character is possessing mental and moral qualities that distinctly exhibit a trust and hope in Jesus Christ. It's one of our distinctions, distinctives as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, that we possess this mental and moral strength, this quality of trusting in Jesus Christ and hoping in him. And as your godly characters build through your faithful, active endurance of sufferings, your hope will become stronger and stronger and stronger. A hope that will never be put to shame. By the way, a person is only proven and strengthened through stress. Never has an easy life produced endurance and strength. Just ask a runner, can you imagine, oh, yeah, I'm going to run the uh, LA Marathon. Okay, so I imagine like you have a strenuous uh, training regimen, no, yeah. why, why do you ask? Uh, <laughs> it, Isn't it 26.2 miles? Yeah. So I don't know, <laughs> how many of you guys just wake up and, oh, I'm going to run uh, 26.2 miles today, no problem. Not anyone, right? I remember my brother was training for, uh, to run a marathon, and he sent me his workout. I admit, I, I said, yeah, I, I'd like to do that. And, and I got like a few weeks into the training, and I said, yeah, never mind on that. I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, no thanks. So much running, oh. Man, it is crazy, right? Listen, a runner can only gain endurance and strength by submitting himself to stress. Why would you submit yourself to stress? Because that's the only way in which you can build endurance and strength. At times, prolonged stress. A bodybuilder can only gain mass and endurance by subjecting himself to what, what would you think? Stress. It's again stress. Oh my goodness, stress. It's it's actually, the here's the key, right? To any kind of endurance and building strength is time under tension. That's it. There's no magic to it. You get out of it what you put into it. The ship's components, all of them. The skin, the keel, the bow, the, all of it. Undergoes rigorous stress tests to make sure that these ships can withstand the most violent seas in order to successfully navigate the open waters and perform well. Can you imagine? Just like, hey, I'm, we're putting together a ship. It's, uh, I think, it, I think it'll do well out there. Not too sure, but we'll see. How would that go? Not well. When a man can endure the most severe of trials and never lose sight of the hope they have in Christ, you have found a man who has the ability to rejoice in the love of God that transcends all difficulties and is in possession of everything that is of eternal value through Jesus Christ. When you have found someone like that, draw close to them because they can serve as a great encouragement to you. your relationship with Jesus Christ is either being tried or will be tried. It'll be tried through sufferings, through trials, through temptations, through distractions, and through pain. But remain steadfast and immovable in Christ because that suffering is designed to produce an endurance and that endurance is designed to produce character and that character is designed to produce a hope that will never let you down because it is rooted in christ and he is our anchor hebrew 6 20 says we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain hope in christ will never disappoint remember as it says in verse 5 God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And our failure to walk in the Spirit will lead to forgetting God's love and our peace and our access to him. But God has poured out his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. He has. Therefore, live a life of expressed faith in Jesus Christ that knows endurance, character, and a hope that will never disappoint. The only way that we'll know this peace and hope is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, A relationship in which we have surrendered our lives to him. Uh, A relationship in which we have chosen to forsake all, to repent of our sins, and to trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Do you believe that he is the Son of God? Do you believe that he was buried and three days later rose from the grave, do you believe that he is the one who has paid for your sins in their entirety? Walk with him, hope in him, have faith, and cling to him as Lord and Savior. The more you lean into Christ and realize he is trustworthy of your salvation and life and his grace through faith, the more you realize your possession of peace and hope in Christ and will rejoice in the hope of his glory, and you will rejoice even in your sufferings, because if endured, they will always reveal a hope that will never let you down. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the peace and hope that we have in you. I thank you, Lord, for your grace, for your compassion. And Lord, I, I do ask that you would help us to realize, Lord, the depth of your love what it is that you desire, and that is a relationship with us that you made certain through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. And with that realization of that love that you have for us, I ask, Lord, that you would help us to express our trust in you. That that would be praise unto you. Worship, Lord, as we have eyes for Nothing else as far as our hope and peace is concerned. But only in you. That you are the object of our love. That you are our very goal, our prize. And one day we will be in all of your glory. As it says in what we read, Lord, that that your grace is present. And your grace is that upon which we stand in and upon And, Lord, it's that grace that has given us a way into your glory that awaits us. Pray, Lord, that we would be forever grateful and express that by by the way we live our lives. We thank you, Father, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name.